Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello everyone, welcome to another video from Fantasy Football Scout. It is time for the weekly Q&A with myself, Az, and the lovely Sam. How are you, Sam? I'm good. How are you doing? I'm good. I've I've put you a red arrow this week, but you are actually a red arrow this week, right? I haven't Correct. messed it up again. That's good. I, I am rightly deserving of a red arrow this week. 730,901 for Sam, 319,891. There was only one point in it last week, but I've, I've put a bit of uh, space between us now. Yeah, it was one of those weeks that I went, when Nuno did his press conference on Friday and ruled Sun out, I was kind of like, right, I've got a real dilemma to make now. Do I very quickly in like four hours play my wild card or do I hold off, just try and survive the game mm. week and then know that I can hit the wild card on Saturday once the game week started and have a week of time to think about it. And that's what I decided to do. So it was kind of just a case of let's let's make a couple of transfers. Let's try and as best we can survive the game week and go from there. And then, of course, I took a minus four for Jimenez, who got one, and Mason Mount, who didn't play. And it was just like... I hate those weeks. I hate those weeks where you know you're probably going to have a bad one, but you kind yeah. of think, oh, well, hopefully I can just get through it and then survive. survive. And then you just don't really survive and everyone's had a really good week. And yeah, I, I have those weeks all the time, and especially around wildcard time, because you say, you saved, you're trying to save the wildcard. Exactly what I'm doing at the moment as well, trying to save yeah. the wildcard. And I think people, the majority of people who played it last week probably feel pretty good about it. I mean, if you know, yeah. they went for Lukaku and Ronaldo, you know, they've avoided taking minus fours, minus eights, like Damari Gray and Decore and some of the other five million players blanked. Ben Rama was massively sold and blanked. So, yeah, be be interesting to, to know if you played a wild card and didn't do well, kind of who you got, because I think the majority of people um, mm. did quite well. Um, right, so we've got loads of questions uh, to get through. There's a bit of a change. Um, last week, we had quite a few comments from the chat saying uh, we were ignoring them. Um, it is quite difficult for me to read the comments from the chat because so many come in. Uh, so I've put super chats on. So if you want to ask us a question that we will definitely answer, um, there's a little like dollar symbol thing that you can click and then you can send a super chat in. And what that does is it basically flashes up on my screen in massive bold blue letters. And Sam and I will definitely answer that before the end of the stream. Um, no pressure. You don't have to do it. If you don't care that much and don't want to chuck some pennies at us uh, to answer them, then you don't feel like you have to. But it's just a way that we can answer questions if you're desperate and it will stop people complaining that we're ignoring them. I will try and answer some questions from the chat anyway as we go. Um, but again, just to remind you, a hot topic goes up on the site uh, the day before the Q&A. Uh, there's a Twitter 
post as well instagram so if you ask questions on that then sam and i will try and answer on those as well right we got some good questions really good questions actually um so from fancy scout uh jack root energetics and delia are all asking about the common question this week which is do we need to go with three premiums or to go with two if we're including trent as a premium option as well do we go with four uh, what what's your kind of take on it on it, Sam? Are you, you you you've got two, haven't you? At the moment, you've got you've still got you've you've got one, haven't you? You just got Salah. No, so well, so pre wildcard, I had Salah and Fernandez and Trent as and Son as my kind of yeah big hitters. Um, currently wildcarding, we won't include we won't include Trent as a premium. We'll say just, we'll say it's the mid to and forty. Um, at the moment, I've got two in Salah and Lukaku. But my current two in my draft. I've spent this. I guess this is really difficult because I've spent a lot of time, obviously, with my wildcard active, just tinkering around and, and trying to build a squad that has Salah and Lukaku and Ronaldo. Mm. But it massively compromises because I want Trent as well. It massively compromises a lot of the other positions. So it means that every week I'm going to be having to play one player who I wouldn't necessarily want to play. So be that the 4.5 mid midfielder or be it one of the 4.0 defenders. Now, some weeks I'm happy to play a 4.0 defender, but there are going to be some weeks where I'm not. So it's kind of weighing up the balance between how many of those mid-price midfielders I can have and I think could do well, the likes of Yotta and Greenwood and um, maybe Pogba in there as well and Torres versus Ronaldo. So can mm. two of them account for one of him effectively? Yeah, I mean, the best team I could put together, I'll, I'll read it out to you. Um, I can't find a way of doing it, of, of having Lukaku, Ronaldo and Salah and Trent and not having two six middle or under mids, basically. That, yeah, that's how you have to, yeah. So the team I've, I've put together is Sanchez and Foster, uh, Trent, Reese James and Marcel, which is pretty decent defence with Livermento yeah. and Williams. And then Salah, Rafina, Gallagher and Decore. So it's not awful, but it's, but it's not great. It's light, it's lightweight. It's lightweight. Yeah. But then up front, I've got Lukaku, Ronaldo and managed to get Jimenez. It's the, this is the difficulty, isn't it? So I keep looking at my draft. So I've got one that's got, it looks very similar to that one you've just read out. And then I've got the current one mm. that, I'm, that I'm on at the moment, which has, um, I'll read it to you. It has the same sort of players in terms of the defence but maybe the slight upgrades on them because of that. So at the moment, it's Sanchez and Steele, uh, Semedo, Trent, Shaw, Williams and Livramento. So same yep, three same, same kind of ish yep. pattern, but with Semedo over Marcel. And then in midfield, I've got Salah, Gray, Yotta, Torres, Greenwood, who keep rotating in and out depending upon who I fancy. Um, and then the cheap 4.5, and then up top, Antonio, Lukaku, and Jimenez. So I kind of feel like I've got a better squad depth mm. by doing it that way. And maybe if Ronaldo's fixtures were really good, like Lukaku's are from seven, if they both had this amazing run of fixtures, then maybe at that point I'd be like, right, I just need to not worry about squad depth and I need to just go with them. But because Ronaldo's fixtures are a bit hit and miss from seven, that's why I'm kind of pondering on going with a couple of yeah. that middle price bracket in the middle because I think they might get better returns. Yeah, I mean, the other option, of course, is you go four at the back 
which I'm not, I'm just not a huge fan of. I mean, the, the, pro- the basically the biggest problem with all of this is you're just completely limiting the flexibility of your squad by going with three of these premiums in midfield mm-hmm. and, and up front. Like you're just, we're going to see other options emerge. You're going to want to yeah. move for, you know, six, seven million pound players and defenders and, you know, Chelsea's fixture turning well. There's, there's, there's loads of things we're going to want to do. And I, and I think especially if after a wild card, you want to stay a little bit flexible yep. to be able to move for these. Also, next two fixtures, Salah's, probably going to be captained by nearly everyone yes absolutely Lukaku's fixtures are quite tough then Ronaldo's get quite hard I'm still on the side that I don't think you need Lukaku Ronaldo and Salah I I think it compromises too much in the rest of your team personally I tend to agree with you actually because having looked at it for a lot of hours so far since Saturday's wildcard was here I can't find a team that I'm happy with that has I'm obviously happy to have Mm. them plus Trent but I look at the rest and I think there are so many players that I can't get because I've gone with you. Yeah. So the, the compromise for me is, would I rather have more of those guys that I do want or just yeah. one of the extra big premiums? And I think with squad depth being quite important to me, I'm more inclined to just leave out one of the big hitters. Yeah, I think I think Gallagher's probably the one around the six under, under six million mark that I'd feel the most comfortable with owning sort of longer term I, I still have my doubts about Gray I know he's got three goals but it's, he's, he's had three shots basically Decore I really really like but there's always that risk that he's going to fall back into a deeper role and not be yep. doing, doing stuff as much as he is and Bomo's just not delivered anything so far yeah. although Haddock did have a couple of chances so I, I think if you're going to do it, I think Gallagher is, is a good option but the likes of Saar and Traore aren't performing as well so okay. Yeah, it's tricky. Um, we've had our first super chat, Sam. Our first uh-huh. ever super chat. Uh, Eason um, asks, "What point do you really start to look at your rank? What would you be considered decent at that point? Uh, for example, if you're aiming for the top fifty to hundred k. So, at the moment, are you kind of caring where you're where you're at, or where, where do you start to kind of look and think, oh God, I'm not doing well, or this is a good start? <laughs> it's normally second international break for me. The okay. second international break, I normally use as a kind of." Uh, a point where I start to think about where I am because normally that comes in and around the time that I would maybe think about wildcarding. Mm. So obviously I've gone a bit early on the wildcard this year, but I do think at the moment, what we see in the early part of the season is that one, one point is such a massive difference in terms of where you are overall rank. So you have one extra point and suddenly you're, you know, hundred thousand places further up than you were before. So it's very difficult to take that, seriously until we get a bit more settled and I tend to find by international break the ones that the managers that don't really want to play the game or have given up on the game have kind of given up by that stage anyway so you start to have a few more dead teams and you start to get things settling down with transfer market usually not so many price rises and falls and Mm. and crazy ones anyway so in second international break for me is normally when I pay attention but I also don't think it's that so as long as you're sort of in and around, if I was at a million by the time I get to the first international break, I still think that you can have a top 50K, 10K finish from there because things change so quickly in this part of the season. If you get post Christmas and you're not in the top 500,000, it's going to be difficult. Yeah. I mean, you. Yeah, I mean, you're talking to someone who's had three very, very bad starts over the last couple of years. This is my best start in, in years, which is... My worst start is it? <laughs> It's funny how, how it kind of turns around. Yeah, yeah I, think, I think around game week 10 is when I start paying a little bit of attention to it. And I think... Yeah. 
and as I enter maybe halfway through the season, that's when I might start reevaluating my targets. So at the moment, I'm very much fixated on top 10,000. That's still, to me, where I want to be finishing every season. You know, the amount yeah. of work I put in, I do this like full time. I, <laughs> you know, I, I, I have to regard myself as a top 10,000 manager, even though, even though I haven't hit those heights in, in a, quite a long time. Um, but then I think when you get about halfway through the season, you look at where you are and you think, okay, I'm 500,000, a million. That's when you start to say, okay, my, I need to get into the top 250,000. I need yeah. to get into the top 100,000. And then it starts to be, they're the people that I'm, that I'm looking at. It's staging at. it, isn't it? It's, it's staging like it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I think I think at this stage, you're completely right. There's so little in it that you can't really break it down into those points categories because it's almost impossible to do. But well, you think, I mean, I had a better than average game week last week and mm. lost what? 300k, yeah. 200k of places. Like it, it's not like I didn't have a terrible game week. It, it was fine. It wasn't brilliant, but it was fine. But it's cost me 200, nearly 300k in places. So when you're at that stage, you know, you kind of go, well, you need to make, there's no point in getting upset about no. ranks right now. No, there's not. It's not worth it. It's not, there's, also equally, I don't think there's any point in like making moves to try and catch people up or to no. not lose ground or, or no. to protect. It's, it's just too early. So just carry on playing your own game and don't worry about it until, yeah, after the international break, then you can start to have a little look and see, okay, am I where I want to be? Um, yeah, great question. Uh, right, Kark and No Salah. So another big question here, Antonio and Calvert-Lewin. Obviously one suspended for the next game, one injured completely out of the blue. Was not expecting that at all. Nope. Uh, for Calvert Lewin, what do you, what do we do with them? Would you would you keep? I mean, it's obviously different situations. Antonio's only out for one game. Calvert Lewin's out for a while. Um, mm-hmm. What what's your, what would you do? Calvert Lewin, I'd sell. He, that's an easy answer. I think at the price point that he is, there's so many other options that you can go to. You can come down. You can go up. Like he, he just offers you a lot of flexibility. And we like he said so far, what two to three weeks. But this broken toe, quad muscle by he seems to have had so yeah. many different things in the last like 72 hours he seems to have had like multiple just training things. last week there's pictures of him well that's it and a, lot of man- a lot of managers brought him in because and the picture of him was like jumping in the air <laughs> so it's not like he's like you know sat in sat on the floor at training he was actually fully involved so it's very difficult with Dominic Calvert-Lewin to hold him now because I think until we get to a place where we get some certainty that the toe is fixed, that his quad muscle is okay and his thigh, whatever was wrong with that, is okay, <laughs> then, then you can't pick him. So whereas I think Antonio is slightly more difficult because I've had him since pre-season. Obviously came into my team at 7.5 million. He's 7.9 million now. So if I take him out ahead of this suspension game on the weekend, and then I want to bring him back for the next two fixtures, which do look nice mm. afterwards, I've got to pay an extra 0.4 to do that. Um, I just, I can't bring myself to take him out. So I think for me, was I expecting a big haul for him against Manchester United anyway? Probably not. So if I just bench him this time and then have him to come back in for the fixtures that follow, that seems to me to be a nice, easy fix. Yeah. And it gives a chance of players like Billy Gilmore, Williams, Livramento, you know, these, these absolute, you know, peak uh, guys to come into our teams and, um, and do it. Yeah, I completely agree. I mean, Calvert-Lewin, I think is, is an easy sell. Uh, yeah. he's, there's, there's options around him that you can move to Jimenez, Bamford. Um, you know, you can, you can move up to Ronaldo Lukaku if you, 
take Fernandez out, for example. And I think it's yeah. going to push a lot of people to do that. So I, I think that's a complete no-brainer. There's no sense in holding him. We don't know how long he's out for. It's going to be a minimum of three, two to three weeks. Yeah. Probably longer. We don't know how he's going to be when he comes back. It's, yeah, he's easier sell, I think, in the world. Antonio, if you sell him, I don't think you get him back. I you think, can't get him back, I don't think. No, I think you, you lose value on him. Um, he comes in with Leeds and Brentford, but then has a really tough run from game week eight of Everton, Spurs, Villa, Liverpool, Wolves, City. Awful, awful run of fixtures. I think it's an easy keep for Antonio, personally. I Until think, game week eight, I think yeah, it is. I, I think can't, so. I can't see why it's a one-game suspension. If it was a two-game suspension, I think there's a conversation because then you're mm. keeping it for one match. But for a one-game suspension against Manchester United, for then to be two nice fixtures that follow... To me, that seems, I just feel like it's it's a bit knee-jerk to just get rid of him because I know I'll look at my team for game week six and think, oh, I wish I had Antonio. I know, exactly. Especially if you move for like Bamford, because if, yeah. if, if, if it's Bamford versus Antonio going into that Leeds-West Ham game, I'm, I'm, I want Antonio, no, yeah. no doubt out of the two. If it's Antonio versus Jimenez, even with good fixtures, it's still Antonio one. I mean, his form has just been so, yeah. so, so good in the early stages. So, yeah. Keep saying so. Uh, it's an easy, it's an easy keep. It's an easy keep for me. I, I can, I, I don't think it's a terrible decision to get rid of him for Bamford or, or Jimenez if your bench is very you strong. Only, some managers did only buy him game week three, game week four. Yeah. If you only bought him in game week three or game week four, then it makes a lot of sense to sell. Yeah, I agree. But if you've had him like I have since pre-season, I'd consider keeping him. Yeah. I mean, Abdelia Bolch says Antonio is capable of scoring against anyone. He's a season keeper. I mean, he could well end up be. I mean, you know, if he stays fit. He's got, yeah, if he stays fit, he's got a tough run. Obviously, they've got Europe, um, but you know, I think and there's lot... other players in that category with much nicer runs. True, while he's got the difficult ones. So yes, he could. It's the same with everything, isn't it? You know, yes, he could score against that difficult run of fixtures. But is he likely to get as many as say? one of the other players could if they've got an easier fixture. It's kind of ways and balancing out. It's going to be interesting what happens with him. I mean, he's, already, he's already lost sort of 10% ownership. It's down to 40%, yeah. I think, maybe even less now. 39.5. So he was above yeah. 50. Um, and, I mean, and Ben Rama's another one. I mean, Ben Rama's 31%. He hasn't scored in a few weeks. Got subbed off of Vlasic. I think he's going to be sold by quite yeah. a few too. He, he hasn't scored since I bought him. Yeah, well, that's just typical, isn't it? And I bet a lot of Antonio people are saying that. So Mick Stewart on Twitter asked, is it time to de-invest in West Ham? Because we've got quite a lot of these these big guns who you know haven't performed or are suspended or whatever. Tough runner fixtures coming up. I've got Soufal as well. Obviously, got United. Uh, West Ham have kept a couple of clean sheets, but you know, I'm looking at him thinking from game week eight, he's probably not going to get too many. What do you think about West Ham in general? Do you reckon you'll be losing Ben Rama, for example? Yeah. I, w- I won't hold Ben Rama through my wild card. I, I can't see, I can't see me having him. Um, just simply because whilst he can be brilliant, and we saw that in the opening three game weeks of the season, or two game weeks of the season, he can be fantastic. There are other players in that ballpark price that I think, one, could be better if I drop slightly, the likes of Gallagher, because of what it enables you to do with the rest of the money across your team. But also, I can bring him up to Greenwood, to Pogba, to Torres, to Yotta, to maybe Mason Mount eventually, knowing that they're playing in great teams who have more capability of playing on two fronts in terms of Europe Mm. and the Premier League because they've got better squad depth. Whereas I look at West Ham and I do worry. I do worry about their squad depth going through. You know, we saw it with, with Wolves a couple of seasons ago that 
it's very hard to sustain two competitions when you haven't got the big rotating squads that the likes of City and, and Liverpool and Man United have. So I do have some concerns around that, plus the fixture swing. I think just having Antonio in the next two or in the next three, if you don't include the, including this one, makes a lot of sense. I don't think you need to have multiple. And, and with Sufal, you, you can move to so many people from him with his price. Thanks, Sam. I've got three West Ham players, so that's not what I wanted to hear from you. I wanted to say, no, Antonio, you can keep Sufal. I think you can keep Sufal till game week eight. Mm. So I think de-investing in Ben Rama at the moment makes a lot of sense. Keeps yeah. you out till game week eight, and then maybe it's just ahead of that that he goes and becomes a Chelsea defender. Or you go Rudiger instead. I think game week eight is is now when I'm going to be wildcarding. I think my looking at my team for game week seven. I know there's a couple of fixture swings. My team that looks all right for game week seven, apart from yeah. not having Lukaku. But I can do Ronaldo to him easy, and then I think I'd wildcard and then make this decision on the premiums, get rid of my yeah. West Ham players, and, and move things around. So that, that's that's the current plan. But yeah, I definitely wildcarding around game week eight, de-investing in West Ham does seem pretty obvious, just because of Europe and. Yeah. fixtures and, and everything like that it's a classic one doesn't mean I don't think that they'll score by the way mm. this doesn't mean that I suddenly think West Ham are going to become terrible overnight it just as with everything in FPL you're just playing the fixtures and you're playing the form and the potential points that they could score in those games and if there's better points potential from other players in other matches then it makes sense yep it'd be interesting I mean it'd be really interesting to see Moyes' first European um, lineup. because yeah, if, if Antonio starts for example in that it's going to be whoa okay he's using his only fit striker now in Europe who he's not going to play surely Thursday nights and at the weekend every week so again I think that's going to be an even and even more of a reason so and I think if you, if you genuinely think Moyes is going to take the Europe you know the Europa League really seriously then I think it's a then there's even more of a case for selling Antonio maybe uh, this week um, some other questions. Uh, oh, another another kind of uh, psychological one uh, for <laughs> us. Uh, nuclear atoms. How do you deal when outcomes go badly? And how do Cry. you pick yourself up towards the next game week? <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Sit in a dark room, rock and cry. Um, <laughs> I think it depends though, doesn't it? Because there are some... So game week four, for example, I was fully expecting a red arrow. So actually when it happened... Gone, I didn't yeah. I didn't feel a lot about it. Mm. I was like, yeah, okay, fair enough, move on. Um, but there are some weeks, the ones that get me more are the weeks where you look at your team and you think, that looks like I'm going to have a belting week. And then Sunday night comes and you look at your team and you've got like three points because nobody's done anything. And there were a couple of people that I saw over the weekend that had played their wild cards that then had Antonio, Tanganga, they had or they or they had Dyer in there like they had all Mason Mount they had players in there that then didn't play got sent off whatever those are the weeks when you think you're going to do well that it hurts more and I think you just have to I always try and look at it and think I've got this team for a reason for the fixtures for the form that they had one bad week doesn't make them a bad Mm. pick it doesn't make them a bad team there might be players in there that I think maybe that's the one that I can shuffle around with the following week, but the majority of them have been picked for a reason. And I think it's very easy sometimes to kind of throw toys out the pram and go, it's all gone horribly wrong, hit the wildcard button. When you don't need to, because Mm. actually the team itself is, is in good stead. It's just that they've had a dodgy week. So trying to kind of 
be logical with it i think is, yeah. is what I, tr- I try to do it's easy to try isn't it easy i know the feeling yeah i mean I, I think it helps me doing these streams and podcasts and everything because i i sometimes when i've something's gone badly i can go back and listen to my de- decision making mm. and think okay i did have reasons for doing what i did it didn't pay off but whatever so obviously yeah. if, you're, if you're not doing streams i think writing down decisions and looking at stats and stuff helps cause yeah it, it just it provides there you go have one of these exactly there you go and i write in there what i'm doing every week and actually i find that really helpful because i can say there's justification for why i've done what i've done and particularly when i'm torn between two players and i nearly always get it wrong um just because it's tough isn't it to decide out between two but that decision that thought process that you've gone through makes you feel better about having done it but it's it's why i hate you know, I always complain about effective ownership and basing transfers and what other yeah. people are doing and all that. It's why I hate that because because they're the worst ones when you don't back yourself and you just go with your crowd and you just take do a safe pick and it doesn't pay off, and then you and then you're kicking yourself because you didn't you didn't back yourself. They're just the ones I want to avoid. So, yeah. yeah, I would I would say, look to the question: How do you deal with bad outcomes? You just try and look at why you did the move in the first place, and as long as you had good reasons for it, then you know it's out of your hands, isn't it? It's still a game of of luck. And you're unlikely to have brought in a player for one week. It, most managers won't bring in a player for one game week, then to move them on again. So just don't panic, I think. If you have if you have a player that doesn't perform one week, it doesn't make them a bad pick. Don't panic. It's good advice. <laughs> uh Smalley underscore thirteen. Um 310th in the world, Sam. Oh, Gonna be honest, if I was 310th in the world, I would be looking at my rank and ignore everything I said earlier. And I panic as well. Yeah, so- <laughs> I would be I would be freaking out because yeah, you've got a you've got a chance to be hitting, you know, into the top ten from there. Um, I had that once one season during was it Project Restart season and I was 485th. And I had that moment where I was like, what do I do? Do you play safe and cover what other people around you are doing? Or do you go all <laughs> It's just so early, isn't it? Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I think at this stage it's hard to go all out, isn't it? Whereas mine was, I was kind of about, I think it was about game week 30. And I was like, what do I do now? Do I try and go all out or do I play it safe? And I sort of didn't either. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. I know. Well, that's that's, that's the worry I'd have. I'd I'd try and really attack it or really do something. And I'd just go, I'd either go too far one way and and ruin it or I'd panic and not do anything. And wouldn't make a transfer for 10 weeks because I'm just sitting there <laughs> rocking back and forth. Um, but yeah, Smalley's 310th in the world. And you're going to like this question. Uh, he Antonio's out for him, but he wants to know if he should play Pookie. Hey! <laughs> the Pookie party. Or whether he should get another player in. Um, basically, he's asking you, the biggest Pookie fanboy there <laughs> is, should he play Pookie? And I think I know the answer. I, right. I don't know why I've got such an obsession with Pookie at the moment. I can't, I can't, but I can't shake it. And it's one of those things that I'm building my wildcard team and every other draft has him in it because I can't, I can't get away from the fact that I do think that if Nor- if at any point this season, Norwich are going to try and stay in this division, it's now with the fixtures that they have. The fixtures are the best they're going to get for an extended period of time. So at this point, if Norwich want to get on the score sheet, if they want to register Premier League points, and if they want to try and get themselves a bit of a buffer from the relegation zone, this is the moment. And if there's a player at Norwich that's going to do that, it's surely Pookie. And this is where my head keeps going. So 
plus he's cheap so this is the other thing i like about him if he was eight million i'd be like okay but we're not doing that but right now he's offering good value for money in a team that has to start performing and at a time where we want to free up money from other fpo assets to invest in premium so you know if you're taking talking about taking antonio down because that gives you money to go trent to go salad to go ronaldo to go lukaku what is not to like Plus, you don't always have to play him if you don't want to. What he's not to like is that Norwich are terrible and <laughs> he's struggling a lot in the Premier League, I think. But they've got to, they've got to, now's that moment though. Look at the fixtures. Like if they're ever going to, if they're ever going to have a time where they try and survive, it's now. Surely yeah. it's now. No, I completely agree. The, the, the thing is, I mean, they, they need to, they need to start using him better than they have been because they, yeah. they need they need to start getting some goals out of him. Um if I, I mean, Smalley's question is, should I play him this week? Absolutely. I mean, if he's your, if he's your bench option for Antonio, I think he's a great, he's a great option yeah. um, to bring in. You know, he's got Watford what at home. What a differential as well he's going to be. What a differential. He's going to be first in the world. If I was <laughs> captain, and in the armband, he's going all out. If Pookie bangs, that's it. FPL life is done. You I love it. it. Honestly, honestly, I like it. I, I think Pookie for this week is a, is a good pick. Genuinely. I'm not sure about him long term. I'm not sure about him over a prolonged period of. Doesn't have to be for a long period, though, does it? No, exactly. I, and this, this is, and I think you know, if you've got Tony and you're thinking of wild carding in seven or something like that, yeah. Because uh, that's a question from only one Arsene Wenger on Scout is who's the best Tony replacements. I mean, there's only really three, maybe. I mean, there's Mope. You know my feelings on him. There's Pookie, <laughs> or there's this new boy, isn't there? Edward from from Palace. Yeah, who's, who who's, who's intriguing? I mean, he's got an X, XG per ninety of about. He's going to get about what hundred goals this season. If he carries <laughs> on his current, his current, he scores with every touch. Can't get better than that. Uh, scores with every touch. I'm against Spurs as well. I can do it against the big boys. You know, <laughs> no, um, <it's> Spurs, Sam. I <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, to be honest, right? I'd rule. Sorry, I'd rule more play out because I just. Oh, don't apologise. I I have no I have no loyalty to him. <laughs> Edward, I think he's interesting, but he's so far only done it in like a very short period of against time Spurs. against a Spurs defence that was basically Harry Kane. Um, <laughs> and at a moment where Spurs were were in, I don't even know where they were mentally at that point. He's got Liverpool next. I don't see there being a huge amount of returns for him against Liverpool, mm. if I'm honest. But could I see returns for Pookie this weekend? <laughs> Ridiculously, I could. So I think if you want a replacement for Tony, why not go Pookie? It frees up some money as well, it's cheaper. And then, if you're particularly if you're going to wildcard in seven, like it, it's basically two nice weeks of or three nice weeks of pookie action and then you move him on is he is he sponsoring this stream and i just haven't been informed is it um, secretly we're related no, oh, we're not we're not <laughs> <laughs> we're definitely not that would be amazing just, it wouldn't adjust I, I think i don't know look i think it's because of his price point i think that's part of the reason why i'm so drawn to him at the moment because at a time when budgets are such a big talking point in fpl Mm. We're all kind of scratching around for 0.5 or 0.4 if they've taken a drop. To have somebody like Pookie that you can come in, that can be that third striker. It's not got to be your second striker. It can be your third striker. So you can bench him. 
but you know he's going to play. So if you need him to come on, he will. What's not to like? This is this is like a carbon copy of last week. You are absolutely enamoured with (laughs) with Timu Fuki. It's it's fantastic to listen to. Uh, I mean, the thing only member of his fan club. (laughs) I think you probably are. You haven't even got him. I mean, Edouard is an interesting. I mean, the the because I really like Gallagher. Um, I do as too. Well, he he's someone that you know I I saw in his first match when he hit the kind of the the outside of the the bar, mm. um, and Palace started a bit better, and then he followed that up with the goals against West Ham and two assists again this week. So it's clearly someone who's who's doing well despite kind of a, a tricky one. The trouble is the fixtures don't get better. I'm just looking at Palace's fixtures and thinking, when do they have a nice run of games? And they just don't like for ages. It's no. it's it's hard to kind of get too excited about them. Um, I think Edouard would do well. I'm really disappointed as a Brighton fan that we didn't sort of move for him and 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 get him. You know, and, and you're just him, disappointed you didn't move up. for anyone, aren't you? Well, yeah, that's a very good point. Because um, Palace's fixtures, for example, Liverpool, Brighton, Leicester, Arsenal, Newcastle, Man City, Wolves. It's just very bounce, bounce, bounce. You know, it's it, it's tricky, but. I think if I was if I was wildcarding and I was looking for someone around six, I still think I'd go for for Gallagher. I think he's 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 just he's classy. He's a really really classy player. Really threatening. He's he's dominating set pieces. He's playing really far up the pitch. They're looking him. They're looking to get him involved in all the action. Um, so yeah, I really like him. I think it just might be a bit too soon for for Edouard. Um, Tony Tony is a, a bit of a problem for me. I've got him in my team, and his fixture runs pretty bad as well. Um, yeah, interesting one. I, I, I think to answer your question, who's the best Tony replacement? Oh God, I really don't want to say Pookie. <laughs> <laughs> You're gonna because you've got to go up. That's the other thing: is yeah. to replace Pookie with any to replace. Still talking about Pookie to replace um, Tony with anyone else. You've really got to go up to ensure game time. What about Dennis? Five point two. The problem I have with Dennis is that just Watford have struggled they've struggled like I know they started the season well going forward and so did Dennis but we haven't seen that in the last two weeks you know they had a a disappointing performance against Spurs and a disappointing performance against Wolves and do I see him regularly returning I don't know because now they've got they've got other players in there as well that could play instead of him like there's more rotation risk with him potentially as well yeah i mean pedro Jao pedro is now back in in training who's their kind of josh kings they've got i mean they've got a lot of strikers i mean the the thing is is there a huge amount if you take off your pookie rose tinny glasses for a second is there a huge amount of difference between dennis and pookie once but but dennis is 5.2 and pookie six i'm not really sure there is and it depends what you can do with the extra money that you get if you do move if you move tony down who pookie yeah, he was just off, nice. just off the back of a... Just of... off the back of me, probably. <laughs> badgering him all the time. I, I, yeah, 5.9 you know, years. I get your point. I get your point. Like, um, that point, what is it, seven, is different. It is a significant difference when you're building a team. But if you're already coming down from Tony, you're already saving yourself money anyway. So I guess it depends what you're going to do with the money, doesn't it? If you're going to... Mm. If you're going to invest that money and it's important for somebody else that you think is really key to your team, then it's worth going Dennis. If you're not going to necessarily need to invest that additional 0.7 somewhere else, then the security of game time would probably lead me back towards Pookie. But 
you know, there are other options at Watford that we shouldn't rule out. There are plenty of Watford options that you could go with, but they're Mm. just not scoring a lot of goals. My my, my answer to this question is... It's pooky. Neither. (laughs) I don't want any Watford or Norwich players... You know, so what, you, in, what in would you team. do? Stick with Tony? I, I would, I would stick with Tony. I think out of the three, if if I was going to do that, I like Brentford. I think they're a good side. Okay, they've got an awful run of games. But well, if, would you go up? If I had to pick between those three, I think I'd stay with Tony. But I would be looking to move up, and I think moving up to Jimenez, for example, who's seven point four. That's only a million difference. You can you can find that cash somewhere well, else. The midfield has got potential for there's potential in the midfield. You mm. know, you talked about Gallagher. There's potential for the midfield where you could bring somebody down. And in doing that, you'd have the money yeah. to then take him up. So it is workable. But again, I guess that depends on where you are in your FPL journey. If, you, if you're wildcarding, it's very easy to make those changes. If you've not got, if you're doing it on free transfers, it's maybe more difficult. I'd I'd rather take a hit than go with Pookie or, or Dennis. I think that's that's where I'd be at. I'm gonna one one of these days this season, <laughs> Pookie is gonna go mental. I'm gonna Probably be just old, one. And, old and great. Yeah, he's gonna get like a twenty point haul, isn't he? And, you're gonna... and I'm gonna ring you up. <laughs> I'm gonna ring you up. In fact, when I think it's gonna happen, I'll invite you out for dinner and you can watch it happen with me. <laughs> That's fine. I'll take that. You can cook me a nice roast and we'll watch Pookie go absolutely mad. I like it. Um so uh, a couple more super chats. Uh, talking about Gallagher. Uh, Stephen Gallagher says, uh, I have to play 4-5-1 due to Antonio and DCL being out. And this is quite a good question. Would you do DCL to Bamford or Jimenez? Oh, that is a good question. He has um, Eiling and Rafinha as well, so it would mean oh, a triple up of I don't, Leeds. I, I don't think I'd want to triple up on Leeds. It was a tighter decision until he said he had the other mm. two. I think it, well, in two, which two, case... two questions. Firstly, which would you pick just generally out of Bamford and Jimenez? And secondly, what would you do in Stephen's case? Bamford's potential goal point scores per week is probably higher than Jimenez. Jimenez tends to have a bit of a one goal a game ceiling, pre-injury anyway. He was never one for getting massive hauls, whereas we know that Bamford can do that. The Leeds fixtures are nice, so are the Wolves fixtures. But I would say that Wolves are a far better side this season than Leeds are. They are getting their XG stuff, their XGI stuff they're going in the right direction more they just haven't until last week they hadn't started on the goal scoring path yet but now that they've kind of done that against Watford I suspect that we might see that continue so I'd lean towards Jimenez of the two of them interesting I think I'd lean towards Bamford out of the two mm-hmm. I just I just want to see Jimenez get a goal because I, I just think you know the the injury we spoke about this on the scout the game the, um, the other day it's just that kind of confidence that he needs from getting a goal just to kind of get over this injury and kind of yes. refocus himself. I think once he's got that, he's going to be back to, you know, getting them quite regularly. But the more, the longer he goes without a goal, just the more mm. I worry he's going to get in his own head and keep missing chances. And they've got options. I mean, a few people in chat have mentioned Huang, for example, who, who came yeah, yeah. in um, and, and played well. So now he's putting pressure on the likes of Trincao, Pedence is there. They've got options as well. So... I, if it carries on with him and as he could end up coming out of the spot, you know, they might want to take him out of the spotlight a bit, maybe give him some early subs. I, I don't know. I, I just feel a bit uneasy with him not having scored or got anything yet. I just think, so I think, yeah. And maybe I'm, maybe I'm a little bit blinded by the fact that I already own him and as, and with the fixtures, the way they mm. are, it's difficult to take out a player that's got fixtures the way that they have. Um, so maybe if I had neither at the moment, it would be 
a different conversation, but I'm still not convinced that I'd want to be trebled up on leads. I haven't seen a lot from them that would no, suggest that I'm not, three of them is a, is a good idea. Ireland isn't a good pick, in my opinion. I think if you've, if you've got Ireland and you've got a transfer, I think just get rid of him. Leads are just awful defensively. defensively. they're terrible, yeah. I mean, Ireland is, is probably likely to move over to centre-back. They've got suspensions, they've got injuries. Cooper's having a poor season. Again, Lorente's out. It's, it's a bit of a nightmare at the back. So I think going with, with Bamford and Rafinha... You know, could could be quite a good move with the fixtures they've got, but the double up would, would be fine. Yeah, yeah. I think Eiling, Eiling, you're right, is, is too much going going with three. Um, shout out to Hungry for More AU. Good day from Australia. It's eight pm here, and he finally gets to watch something live. He loves hey. us, loves us, Sam. Thank you. Aww, hello nice. to hello to Australia. Uh, David, <laughs> hello, Toft. The Eurovision Song Contest now shouting out. Yeah, I know. <laughs> it's quite fun doing these. <laughs> hello to Paraguay and everywhere else. Uh, David Toft, um, Ben Rama or Barnes. Um, who would you swap as a priority out of those two and who would you get I mean god if you still got Barnes bloody hell he's gotta go <laughs> surely he's gotta go right yeah Barnes would be a much much bigger priority for selling than Ben Rama would yeah who would much you, who, bigger who would you move him to got money in the bank or not money in the bank I suppose that's let's the, assume not let's assume not um we've already spoken about going really cheap and there are plenty of really cheap options that you could go down to, but the Leeds fixtures are nice. So I'd be tempted to go with Rafinha. Yep. That was my pick um, as well. It, fixtures are nice. He's always got potential in him for a, for a goal, for an assist. So yeah, probably would go Rafinha. Yeah. Rafinha seems the obvious one for me. Um, maybe Gallagher, if you're trying to save a bit more money um, or, or possibly, I still prefer to Curry over, over Gray, but so one of them, but there's not a huge amount of, of options really. Um, but Rafinha seems to be the standout. Um, Ole Johnny Devito asks, he's waiting for Bamford news. Yeah, there's some there's some worry about Bamford and his hamstrings because he mentioned them pinging or something. Ping, he's pinging hamstrings. He's pinging yeah. hamstrings. Yeah, I I can't see anything. I reckon he'll be fine. Um, he did the like post match conference and stuff and was seemed quite upbeat. So I don't think he's yeah. And he's done an FPL. Out. He's done an FPL interview. I saw this week with Kelly Summers and yeah. I think so he's, I think he's yeah, fine. I, think, I don't I, think it's a serious thing. Um, but Ole Johnny Tavito asks about Aubameyang, and we had this last week, and we laughed him off, and then he scored. Oh yeah, but do you think Arsenal can start picking up some form? Do you think Aubameyang could be a, an option again? I really struggle mm. to be honest, because and this is Spurs' side. Um, I really struggle because yes, they did get a result against Norwich, but. Everyone else can beat Norwich by five goals to nil, three goals to nil. Like Norwich have been getting battered and they didn't get battered by Arsenal. They got beaten, but it wasn't conclusive. They got the job done. Yeah. And I sort of Mm. feel like it wasn't that, I wasn't that convinced. Watching it back on Match of the Day afterwards, I was like, yep, decent performance from a Bamiyang. But I wasn't that inspired to spend the level of budget that you've got to spend on him. That's my problem, is that, yes, he could get goals. And I think he probably will, because the Arsenal fixtures are nice. But it's so much money at a time where I'm trying to budget for Lukaku and Ronaldo and Salah, who I trust mm. far more to return than I would Aubameyang. I mean, they've got Burnley away this week, so a fairly decent fixture. Then Spurs, then Brighton, then Palace, then Villa, then Leicester. They're kind of like... 
twos and threes on the FPL ticker, but I don't think they have that good fixtures. I mean, Spurs is a derby that could kind of go either way. Brighton away is... Yeah, if, if if you've got a defend, if you've got your defenders back, Brighton you've got a decent defense. Brighton that's away, be tough. yeah, that's, that'd be a tough game. Then Palace are playing well as well, yeah. and again another London derby. Vieira factor. Yeah, Villa at home, you know, with Martinez, Leicester. Away. I mean, these aren't. I don't think the fixtures are that good. Not not. I can, th- you know, I think you could take a punt maybe on Saka at six three if you wanted to kind of try and yes. tap into it. The budget thing yeah. plays into it, doesn't it? You want to go Smith Rowe, you want to go Saka, you want to go Ben White. Fine, look, that's fine. But Abamian. I don't. I just don't see how he can fit into into your side. I, I completely agree. I think there's, you know, with Ronaldo, Lukaku, um, Jimenez, Bamford, you know, Cavalier when he's back fit. These these guys are just all superior in my eyes. So, yeah, I think you can do much better with, with nine point nine. Uh, personally, um, I think Sam, that is probably about it. Unless I'm missing anything from the chat. Let me just have a quick look. Uh, oh, Darwin Singh mentions yeah, Magnus Carlsen got got a Bamiyang this week on his wild card, which was a surprise. I wonder what he's gonna. I don't know if he just got him in for the Norwich game, where he's gonna sell him on. It was. It, it might be one of those. Might be. It mm. might have been a fixture thing. It might have been because I think if you were. So I think if I had wild carded last week, then maybe I might have thought about it just for that one game and then move him on afterwards, knowing it's basically you know take him out, save a bit of money, go Lukaku straight after. Maybe there's that element to it. Um, particularly if you thought, oh, I want to wait for seven for Lukaku. Maybe I could go a Bamiyang for a couple of weeks to before I get there. But mm. yeah, I don't know. A few Arsenal fans in the chat not happy that we're saying Arsenal struggled a bit against Norwich. I don't think we said we, they struggled. They just didn't. No, but they struggled. It's just that they didn't. You'd, you'd expect them to beat Norwich, who are probably the worst team in the league, 3 0. It's Arsenal. Yeah, I basically expected them to beat Norwich in the same way that Liverpool did or in the same way that Man City did because they've got, because the quality of the players that Arsenal have, they should be beating Norwich by two, three, four goals. Mm. The fact that it was one just concerns me a little bit. Yeah, I completely agree. I th- you know, they're, 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 uh, Arsenal should should be aspiring for more against Norwich. 100%. They're <laughs> they Arsenal FC. It shows how far they've fallen if you think a 1 0 is a, is a, you know, a really, you know, great result. You take the against... win. Of course you take the win. Mm. But you, when you look at, back at the performance, you think, actually. I suppose it's, it's, a good, it's a good result, you know, in a relegation battle against a. You know, a relegation threat inside. You said that, not me. Before anybody says Sam's bashing Arsenal. Six pointer, Sam. Six pointer. <laughs> what are you going to say when it's Derby Day in a couple of weeks' time? Because in theory, like, well, you know, they they don't, you know, they're, they're the kind of games they don't need to win to stay up. <laughs> oh, <laughs> sorry, Arsenal harsh. fans. Oh yeah, very harsh. harsh. Very harsh. Yeah. The Arsenal fans will not be back next week. <laughs> It is. It's about. It's about. It's about composure, isn't it? I mean, they had a few people rightly pointing out they had tons of shots in that game against Norwich, but it doesn't matter if you're not going to be converting them, and they're not going to get tons of shots against better teams. So, no, and the other thing is that you, you know, they're not highly owned in FPL. So I think at this point in time, when you're trying to work out who's worth a risk, a Bamiang who hasn't really been performing that well in the early part of the season and is lowly owned, so isn't you know, yes, it's a good differential if he does get a goal. But you're not missing out on loads if he, you know, if you don't get him. Yep, I agree. The the only Arsenal player I'd consider still is Tierney. He's, he's oh, still, you love Tierney. I do. Talk about I, me and Pookie. I know. You and Tierney. I, lo- I love Tierney. The, the problem with Tierney is he's going to get injured soon and then not be an option again. But when he is playing, he he's, he creates so he just creates so many chances and gets so far forward. I I really rate him. Um, 
just two more people I'm going to shout out to. So Hungry for More AU, I, I said he, and it's not a he, it's a she. And I apologize. That's my sexism coming to the to the fore. Um, although we, we did a, the survey results from Scout were funny. Um, we looked at, I asked, you know, male, female, you know, different genders and stuff. And it was what, like 97% male or something that used the site. So, more women, please. Yeah, we definitely, definitely need to, to bring in some, some more women and, and get that balance restored a little bit. But yeah, apologies for that. Um, yeah, she, uh, she, she, I only said, you're good. You nearly did it again. <laughs> she says, how long, how much longer is Duffy going to keep starting? Well, that's one for you. Yeah. I mean, the, the Webster injury is in, interesting. I, hopefully he's, he's not out for long for Brighton's sake. Obviously if he, if he is injured for a while, then that, that cements Duffy even longer. Lamptey, oh, God knows when he's going to be back. Um, as long as he's out, Feldman's going to be over on the right and not be a threat to Duffy uh, as well. Burn's still out. When Burn comes back, he's going to be a threat to Duffy. There's lots of, players that can come back and threaten his spot but wouldn't take him out at the moment though would you even if all these players came back tomorrow no i don't know defensively so good why would he change burn veltman was always going to come straight back into the side because he's the best right wing back we've got and he's a great option at center back burn isn't that great like burn isn't going to come in and, and go straight in for duffy um i wouldn't have thought so i think duffy's good for for a while i think it's it's lamptey coming back that that could potentially put the most pressure on him because that means veltman would move back over to center back and I think he's the one because ideally, the, the, and I've said this a few times, our strongest backline is Lamptey, um, providing he's got you know he's had surgery on his hamstring, providing yeah. that's all okay. Uh, Veltman, Webster, Dunk, and then um, Cucurella on, on the left. So Duffy doesn't feature in in that. But I think it's it's a while until Lamptey comes back. I mean, he's been out. He's not back year. in training yet, is he? No, I think he I think he was doing like individual training about yeah. three or four weeks ago. I've got no idea. I, mean, I don't know if he's going to be the same play. He's, he's probably going to. Lost his pace. It's going to take him ages it's a to get back up to speed. Long time to back up. It's a hell of and a he's long not time. going to come. He's not going to come straight back in and play ninety minutes every week. No. And I mean to have to have had a surgery on your hamstring at like what nineteen years old, something like that. It's, it's bad. Ah, oh, it's yeah. It's, it really sucks. So. Yeah, we'll see what happens. Um, but yeah, we will leave it there. Thank you, everyone, for joining us. Um, we will be back again next week um, to do another one of these. And yeah, if, uh, as I said, get your questions in on Scout on Instagram or on Twitter. Or again, next week, we'll have the Super Chats open. So if you want to ask any on that, and we've had a few. So thank you for all of those. Hopefully we were helpful for your decisions. Um, But yeah, we'll be back next week. Thanks for joining me, Sam. 